0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell, and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. We've got another great giveaway. Diesel Parts is the only parts platform you'll ever need to cross part numbers, identify parts, sell more parts, and manage your inventory duplicates and identify places to make more margin. We are giving away three 30-day free trials. This contest ends on September 30th, 2020, so time is of the essence. Go to heavydutypartsreport.com giveaways today. From the unrelenting heat of the deserts in the United States to the unforgiving cold of the Canadian North, truckers and heavy equipment operators need to keep cool in the summer and warm in the winter. In this episode, we are going to talk about thermal management, and I'm happy to have Pat Carroll, Vice President of Sales for Red Dot, here today. Now, Red Dot has been building rugged mobile HVAC components since 1965. Pat, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Jamie. happy to visit with you today.
0: So let's talk about heaters for a minute. What is a typical reason for a heater to malfunction?
1: Well, you know, basically heaters are relatively simple devices. Primarily, the only thing, as long as the, the heater core is specified correctly for the application, the only other things that tend to go wrong occasionally are the blower motors might wear out so you don't get any airflow through the system. Or occasionally a water valve uh, may malfunction to where it interrupts the uh, flow of coolant into the heater core. But they're pretty simple devices.
0: Okay. So when we think of heaters, how important is it to have like no idle auxiliary bunk heating systems in the truck? When I saw that technology and that description, I thought immediately of emissions and how we're trying to improve the environment. So maybe explain to us how that all works.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. On a lighthearted note, uh, in your part of the world where it does get very, very cold, it's, it's tough to get going in the morning when your boots are frozen to the floor. But more importantly, though, it is all about operator safety, and we need to make sure those drivers are getting a good night's sleep. And you know, no better way to do it than to give them a good, quiet, comfortable environment, because it is absolutely imperative not only for the safety of the of the driver, but the rest of us that are on, are sharing the road with. Them.
0: So before this technology was created, then trucks had to idle all night long to keep that heater going. Is that the way it was?
1: Yeah, that, you're exactly right. And, you know, that leads not only to some of the emission issues that we see today, but, you know, even with the newer technology vehicles out there, if we were still idling those big diesel engines, now the DPF filters tend to get clogged up a lot quicker. And that's an expensive repair.
0: Yeah, we've had several people on the podcast talking about after-treatment replacement parts, and it's kind of shocking when you hear that that has become one of the most expensive line items for fleets.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And more of the technologies that are out there for engine-off uh, systems, are, they pay for themselves just in maintenance avoidance more than the fuel savings, uh, particularly uh, in these times when fuel, car- fuel costs are depressed a bit.
0: So... When you think of the products that you have on your distributor shelves, you're selling out to the vocational fleets, to the repair shops. What's the message that you'd like them to hear about what really makes Red Dot unique when it comes to your heater line of products?
1: Sure. A product doesn't go out of Red Dot without being really fully designed and validated. And, you know, we've used the tagline for a long time, uh, built to survive. And, you know, I have been out on uh, job sites where, Some of our products are holding up, but the um, machine itself is out of commission. So that's really the thing is is, uh, our products are built to survive and designed for the uh, heavy duty marketplace.
0: And one of the things that is a constant theme on our show is really about, well, we talk about lowering costs per mile, but in essence, we're talking about lowering the cost of operation. And so if you can buy high quality parts and you don't have to repair them as often, then you're saving huge amounts of money on labor.
1: Yeah, you know, if you can avoid one unscheduled repair or one unscheduled downtime, I mean, it's not so much the repair is going to cost you, it's the downtime. I mean, when you have to pull that uh, vehicle out of service, it's the costs just go astronomical.
0: And when it comes to actually repairing those systems, those heater systems, and we talk about downtime, what kind of downtime would a person be looking at if they had a failure? Do you have like a range of time that that usually the truck would be out of operation?
1: Well, for a basic heater, uh, it's not going to be, typically not going to be out of operation that long. It all is going to depend on how deep inside the truck or the vehicle uh, that the heater is buried and how much ancillary components you have to take off just to gain access to the heater. But the heater repair itself, you know, a couple hours and you're back on the road.
0: And that's if you can get the truck in and out, but sometimes that truck's going to sit in the repair shop yard for half the day waiting to be worked on so you could lose an entire day. Yeah, you bet. Now, shifting gears a little bit now, we're talking about the cooling products. We're recording right now. It's July. This will be airing in a few weeks. But when you think about the AC system, let's go through that same discussion. What are the typical reasons an AC system fails? What components fail? What goes on there?
1: Right. So the air conditioning system is obviously quite a bit more complicated than a basic heater system. But the number one failure or root cause of failure, I should say, uh, is due to leaks, uh, refrigerant leaks. Because in today's systems, the compressor, which is the most expensive component on an air conditioning system, relies on oil returning to it with, in in, in conjunction with the refrigerant. And oftentimes, people develop a slow leak in their system. They really won't know it uh, until the compressor fails. They may notice some intermittent cooling and that kind of thing that, hey, it worked good in the morning. It doesn't work so good in the afternoon. And, but they just go, it goes undiagnosed. And so that's the number one failure. There are a few other electrical related issues that can pop up, but by and large, the largest contributor to an AC related problem is a leak.
0: So from a preventative maintenance standpoint, what should we be doing to make sure that we don't allow that situation to happen where a leak goes undiagnosed for a long period of time?
1: Sure. The easiest thing to do, and assuming that the vehicle doesn't have any advanced diagnostic equipment on it, the easiest thing for an operator to do is simply, you know, trace the hoses that are, you know, go from the compressor to the condenser to the receiver dryer, and just look at every connection and look for any areas that might be gathering dirty, uh, oily type of substance, because that the leak is going to leak oil along with the refrigerant, and that's going to attract dirt. So that's the easiest way to look. Uh, And then some of the other things I can do is just to make sure that there is a reasonable amount of refrigerant in the system is assuming that you're on a nice summer day like today. If you get up in the cab, turn the key switch on and just hit the AC button like you're going to engage the AC system, you should hear the clutch coil on the compressor snap in and snap out as you cycle that switch. That would indicate that, hey, look, I know there's refrigerant in there and it seems to be working.
0: That's a great tip. Tell us about the development of technology like Protect.
1: Sure. So for years, as I mentioned, the number one contributing failure mode was leaks. And so Red Dot decided to develop the system called Protect. And it's really advanced troubleshooting along with system protection. So it's been used successfully for years and years with our military customers, and, and they love it. And when we first developed it, it was a standalone product that would uh, prevent things like rapid cycling of the clutch, ensure that the clutch was uh, getting proper voltage, but the heart of it was our patented charge sensing technology. So we would actually uh, measure the charge in the refrigerant system and make sure that it was in a safe zone. And so the software we built into that would allow, if a system did develop a leak and the refrigerant level was starting to get a little bit low, but wasn't gonna catastrophically affect the compressor, we would go ahead and let the system operate, but give a warning, whether it be SAE data port or just on a simple uh, flashing light system where the operator could look at it and go, oh, what's that light mean? Oh, that means I'm low on charge, but I haven't noticed that the AC system uh, isn't working. So the idea was to be able to prevent that failure or prevent that unscheduled downtime and allow the operator to get to a service center before his compressor either failed or before he just experienced that he couldn't be in the cab because it wasn't cooling properly. So uh, now we've, we've put that product uh, or advanced that product a little bit more. We've taken it as a standalone product and integrated it into our automatic temperature control system. So now we kind of give the operator what he wants. He can set it, forget it. And yet the owner of the equipment gets what he wants. He gets the system protection
0: and advanced diagnostics. Oh, that sounds really, really great. When it comes to your AC system, if it doesn't have a leak, should it ever need to be refilled?
1: Well <laughs> that's the thing. you know there's always going to be a leak at some point in time. And the other thing that really people fail to realize is that you know there is a receiver dryer in most AC systems and that's just like a filter like on an engine oil or something like that that needs to be serviced as well. The residential systems that you see, one of the reasons they get by with such a longer service life is that all of their plumbing is hard plumbed. They're all tubular. So the migration rates of moisture going in or refrigerant going out is extremely low. Uh, Whereas on heavy duty vehicles, we're typically running with some form of hose. And there's always a certain amount of uh, hose permeation that happens and moisture getting into the system. And that dryer is doing a good job to, to take that out and any other contaminants, but it's just like a filter. It does have a finite life and needs to be serviced.
0: Makes a lot of sense. So when we think of Red Dot, the company, we think about providing the industry with high quality parts. If we could summarize just how your product offering helps fleets lower their total cost, I'd like to just kind of end on that note. Really, like I'm sure that Red Dot is focused on that. But maybe from your perspective, like how does Red Dot actually help customers that way?
1: Sure. So we've got a terrific technical center here at Red Dot, and it's really the best in the industry. And I got to tell you, it's really staffed by the best people. And uh, they know the applications. They know what vehicles get into. Virtually every component that we put into our product line gets validated. And you know, we're always we're just like everybody else. We're we're looking for good value parts. But at the end of the day, you do get what you pay for. You know, you can go in like the if we stay with the receiver dryer example, there are a lot of really low cost receiver dryers in the market today. And unfortunately, a lot of them aren't spring loaded. In other words, their desiccant and filtration pack aren't contained properly. And I tell you, I hear it all the time that, you know, somebody saved a little bit of money by putting on a less expensive dryer only to have the dryer fail and then cause a catastrophic failure of the compressor. And again, that, that just the, the cost go astronomical, not just from the component level or the service charge, but really from that downtime experience. And so that's why we spend an inordinate amount of time validating all the products that we put into our lineup.
0: And as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you're covering North America wide. So you've got customers in all these different applications, all these different environments. So you have to be testing all of these different scenarios to make sure that the product stands up to those environmental challenges and and the tough work environment that trucks find themselves in.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. We happen to be located here in the Seattle area, and we've got trucks running up and down what I would call the BC Highway. It's uh, BC Canada to BC California. So they're going through all sorts of climates, and let alone the infrastructure that they're bouncing over and that kind of thing. And it's a pretty rigorous uh, type of uh, environment that we find our products getting into. And and again, that's why we've uh, always stood by our mantra of built to survive.
0: I'm in Alberta now, but I lived in the Vancouver area for almost 20 years. And when we'd come home to visit family in one drive, about 600 miles, 900 kilometers, you went through the rainforest of Vancouver. Then you went into the coastal mountains Then you went through the semi-desert area of Kamloops. Then you went through the forests of the Okanagan. Then you crossed the Rocky Mountains. And then you're in the foothills of the Rockies in basically a tundra area. So all in one day's worth of driving. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of incredible, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Beautiful part of the world, though. Any of you listeners from the East Coast, you ever get a chance to come west, you got to come see Seattle and Vancouver. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, really a great place to live.
0: On that note, let's close our episode. You've been listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We've been speaking with Pat Carroll, Vice President of Sales at Red Dot. To learn more, go to rdac.com. Links will be in the show notes. Pat, thank you so much for being on the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. Jamie, nice visiting with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and... Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.